0: I am back from vacation. There is much to discuss. Two transfer portal additions for BYU over the past week, as well as a couple of players who have decided to go elsewhere. We're talking about all that and more ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, and thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Title sponsor on today's show is our friends over at uh, FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, diving right in on today's show, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, I I've been out on vacation for the past. Wow. feels like a week. It actually has been a week. I actually left last Tuesday. This is the Tuesday edition uh, for this week, but nonetheless, a lot of stuff happened while I was gone. And a number of you did send uh, me some tweets and also some messages via other methods uh, saying you need to go on vacation more often. And, uh, while I would agree with that, at the same time, I don't like missing out on news, and obviously there was some news that came out while I was gone. We'll get to some of it today, and we'll probably uh, kind of sporadically hit other topics of interest throughout the remainder of this week, but diving right in on today's show, let's talk about the new Transfer Portal editions that took place over the past week. We'll go in chronological order, so we'll start right off with Keelan Marion. Now, uh, I did a short uh, hit from Gunlock Reservoir shortly after he announced that he was committed uh, to BYU, and the official announcement from BYU having signed him, came later last week from BYU Sports Information. And I think this is a pretty savvy pickup for BYU. And the reason I think that is because Keelan Marion is a guy that has had all kinds of uncertainty at the quarterback position during his time with the UConn Huskies, but all he's done is produced. Now, he did get injured last season. He only had four catches uh, by uh, what you look at on the stat sheet, but if you go back to 2021, he was their leading receiver. 400 plus yards, very, very talented player, I thought, and a guy, like I said, who dealt with a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position. It seemed like a revolving chair of quarterbacks in and out of the lineup, throwing the ball to him, and all he did when he was healthy was produce. And that's the nice part about, I think, what this guy coming to BYU is he doesn't have to carry the entire weight of the passing game on his shoulders like he did at one point during his time as a UConn Husky. He can come in and fit more into the mix with BYU having four other solid receivers. You have a top three, I think, very clearly, of Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, and Chase Roberts, who all obviously are well versed in BYU's offense. They're gonna be fitting uh the first line, I think, for BYU. I think they'd be, be your starting wide receivers at this point. But then Darius Lasseter comes from comes in from Eastern Michigan, who finished his season on a florist last year with one of the more phenomenal bowl performances of the bowl season last year. He figures to hop in as a as a number two option right there for BYU, if not more than that. And then Keelan Marion comes in as an immediately a guy who I think is maybe your number five wide receiver. The good news is beyond that, you have guys like Parker Kingston, you have Jojo Phillips coming in from high school, you got a number of other young players, Dom Henry, who had a sensational spring camp, who figures to make uh, more of an imprint during training camp this August, and obviously he'll be looking to make the depth chart, but doesn't discount guys like Hobbs Nyberg, Koa Eldridge. You go down that list, BYU's got a pretty uh, stocked stable worth of wide receivers suddenly, and I think it obviously needed some infusion of talent, and I think it's what Darius Lazar and Keelan Marion are going to offer to BYU. Does that mean that BYU is done in the transfer portal with wide receivers? No, I don't think they're done by any means. I had a conversation with a person inside the BYU football program while I was out on hiatus talking back and forth about a couple of things. I said, hey, are you guys done transfer portal? I said, no, absolutely not. We will continue to evaluate all options. And they said that we ultimately won't be done until we feel like we have filled up every uh, possible Uh, what I was trying to say, that every possible option for us in terms of bringing in guys we think are big 12 caliber athletes, we will not rest until we uh, pretty much... max out our opportunities to do that or the roster essentially is full. Now BYU is dealing obviously with numbers they have to figure out return missionaries guys coming in from the transfer portal junior college uh, guys maybe the elevated to scholarship status uh, from last season that type of stuff you have to work all the math out on that but the nice part is BYU is very aware of where they stand and they are not done in the transfer portal by any means so don't expect that BYU said okay we got our guys we're good to go no they understand that they have to continue to work hard, make sure guys are going to uh, be the guys that they think are capable of coming in and helping BYU compete right away in the Big 12. That's the biggest part of the evaluation process for BYU right now, is do they believe this player is a Big 12 caliber player? And that, that's kind of the thing you're weighing here. And a number of you, trust me, I've seen it on social media. There's a couple of troll accounts out there that fire back to me after I talked about Keelan Marion. Oh, great, another G5 wide receiver coming in. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about an FCS cornerback here in just a moment, and Camden Garrett, who I think is actually quite a good player in his own right, but that doesn't mean that these guys aren't that caliber of player. The thing about this is football is more stratified in many ways than it used to be. And the transfer portal is kind of going back for many, many years after the NCAA put in the 85 scholarship limit, the 123 man roster limit for college football. You saw the talent in college football kind of go more stratified, more programs were getting better players because just uh, these, these top level programs couldn't keep everybody in the fold. And at the same time, guys want to play football, the transfer portals changing that calculus a little bit Power 5 programs, which BYU is now a part of, are going to be able to kind of pick off guys from G5 and FCS rosters who have Power 5 traits, Power 5 caliber play. They'll bring them into the program. Was there an issue with their grades maybe originally? Was there an issue with their evaluation of their film? Did they simply, were they a late bloomer coming out of high school? There are so many guys that are like that, that are now in now whatever age they are, whatever class uh, they happen to sit in or whatever level of the football they're playing at, they happen to be a better player than they were thought to be coming in to college football. And that's why BYU is betting on the upside of guys like Keelan Marion. So don't let the trolls get you down. I I think the BYU has done their homework. I trust BYU's coaches' evaluations of these players far more than any amateur armchair quarterback, yours truly included. I I would say that any one of them uh, should be taken with a grain of salt unless it's the BYU coaches who are staking their reputation and literally their livelihoods on these evaluations. They know what they're expecting out of these players. It's all a projection. It is a crapshoot. It absolutely is. Recruiting in every way, shape, and form is a gamble. You are projecting ahead years and years down the road and saying, okay, what can this young man do for this program? What do we think he's capable of doing? There are young men who obviously coming out of high school, you know, are like, okay, that's the real deal. That dude's going to come in and be a sensation right away. There are other guys you're looking at traits or uh, measurements or whatever you're projecting it on you're projecting ahead and expecting them two, three, four years down the line to be the type of player you believe they can become, becoming that power five type player. The nice part is the transfer portal has changed all of that now where players can develop at the FCS or the G5 level and a program like BYU by virtue of these young men opportunity to go in to the transfer portal and look at their options. BYU can pluck off that talent and bring them into their program. Will BYU ever be the top destination for all transfer portal talent, four and five star talents? No. It never will be the, the Alabama of college football. But what BYU can be is a resource where they do their due diligence. They project on guys, which one thing the BYU staff has done very good during Kalani Sitake's tenure is projecting ahead on guys. They see certain traits or things that they understand. Okay. That player has this. That's the capability to have of becoming this type of player. They've done a very, very good job with talent development during their time as a, I guess, pseudo G5, P5 I call them a Pac-5 adjacent program during their time as an independent. The nice part is BYU is now Power 5 and they're able to pluck off talent that may have developed at another program. is really really starting to come into their own and that's when you can really uh, benefit from them coming in. That's why I think BYU is doing with a guy like Keelan Marion. Now, with regards to Camden Garrett, it so happens they actually have a coach on staff who coached this guy recruited him once upon a time, brought him to State now believes that he is capable of making the leap to the Power 5 level. We'll talk about Kendon Garrett coming up in just a moment. Now, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Excuse me, I threw up the wrong graphic there. FanDuel has been with us for a few months now if you're watching this on YouTube. But make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. it been absolutely thrilling, my friends. If you've not watched NBA basketball this postseason, you are missing out some some phenomenal performances. Right now, new customers, you're getting a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 from our friends at FanDuel. Once again, that's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. The best part about FanDuel is they've got options like great promotions. They literally do every single day, saying, "Okay, this game's coming up. We have this type of promotion for this player," and they give you extra incentives to maybe cash out on something like that. It's a safe and secure app. You don't have to worry about your money being exposed or your information being exposed somewhere on the internet. The best part is you can get paid instantly. There's no having to hit a reserve amount of money to get paid out. That's what in, that's what they do here at FanDuel. There's no better place to get on all get in on all the playoff action with our friends, the number America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on, get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more now and get started there today. That's Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you, the thousands of you who are every day or is with us here on the podcast. Tomorrow on the show, uh, Athlon Sports, they are usually the first to print with regards to their uh, projections for the season ahead. They have put out a Big 12 all-conference team. Actually, all-conference teams. They go in four teams deep. BYU was represented on those teams. We'll talk about those guys on tomorrow's show, who got uh, uh, picked where, et cetera. And we'll talk about whether they were too low, too high, and we'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Cougars. Now, as I mentioned, BYU picked up another commitment uh, in Camden Garrett, coming into BYU via the transfer portal. He's a grad transfer, has connections to Jay Hill, obviously, from his time at Weber State. Uh, He announced that he has signed with the program 5'11", 175 pounds, a native of the Las Vegas area, played under Hill for the past four seasons, He has one season of eligibility remaining. Now, he earned all Big Sky honorable mentions during last season for BYU when he finished with 26 total tackles, 20 solo tackles, and six pass breakups while playing all 13 games for the Wildcats. He also allowed less than a 50% completion percentage against him playing at the Big Sky level. Now, Camden Garrett, to me, he is a good player. He's not Eddie Heckard. What I mean by that is Eddie Heckard, who obviously was the other transfer who came into BYU, Eddie Heckard is an NFL draft caliber uh, cornerback. He's going to start for BYU day one. Camden uh, is coming into BYU where I think he's probably going to factor in maybe with that second team. Does he uh, excel, maybe surpass all expectations and end up as a starter for BYU? I suppose that's possible, but I do think that there are guys like Maury Bamba and more importantly Jacob Robinson who are firmly in the pecking order ahead of a guy I would expect like Camden Garrett coming in. The one thing that Garrett will have, he has 37 games of experience playing for Weber State, obviously knows this defense that Jay Hill is implementing at BYU like the back of his hand, and he's absolutely going to be able to come in and compete for playing time. The one thing about this is I think this is more of a, I call it a gap uh, addition for BYU with regards to the transfer portal. Garrett's not necessarily a guy that you're staking your whole future on with regards to BYU's offense. As I said, uh, excuse me, defense, he has played four years of football already. He's got one season of eligibility remaining. I think this is a kind of a stopgap move to bolster that cornerback position for this year while BYU hopefully gets ahead on the recruiting trail via the transfer Transfer portal, junior college ranks, high school recruiting, to bolster that cornerback unit once again. Now, I don't think there's necessarily bad players in that cornerback unit. I think it's actually quite a young unit with a lot of inexperienced but talented players on the roster. The problem is you have to let those guys grow up. You want to get old and stay old. That's the old adage we hear all the time in college football and college basketball. It very much counts. Experience counts on the back end of a defense, especially for cornerbacks. They're playing on an island a lot of times. They have to rely on their own individual skill sets to succeed at the level they want to succeed at. And I think BYU believes they have talent in that pipeline, but also are going to hit the transfer portal hard over the next year to bolster that talent group. And a guy like Camden Garrett comes in and stabilizes that position, I think, for this year. And then obviously he will move on to do whatever he is going to do next, whether that's pursuing pro football, Etc. cetera, he will get his opportunity. And the other thing about this is, I kind of go back to the conversation we had a little bit earlier on on today's show, is that Jay Hill, if Jay Hill signs off on a guy he thinks is capable of competing for BYU's defense in the Big 12 era, I've got no issue saying that, hey, Coach Hill, you know better than I do. I, I believe you. I, I believe you understand what it takes to succeed at the level that you succeeded at, obviously to a high degree at Weber State. And if he thinks these guys are capable of making the leap to the Power Five level, uh, speaking of the guys he's brought over, Eddie Heckard, uh, Nualaetal Sellison, who's a walk-on defensive lineman, Jake Icorn, who's an offensive lineman who just recently signed with BYU, and now Camden Garrett. Jay Hill knows the talent and the caliber of players he brought to Weber State. He talked about it on my radio station often during his time at Weber, saying that there are guys who just slip through the cracks, whether it's a G5 program, uh, missing the boat on a guy, a Power 5 program, uh, actually having too many guys committed, and then having to cast a guy off and is way late in the process. There have been multiple guys that Jay Hill described as Power 5 talent uh guys he would describe to have Power 5 talent that he signed at Weber State. And he's betting on those guys coming to BYU and showing off that ability to compete at this level. So I know that... bringing in FCS and G5 guys doesn't necessarily do it for you. You'd like to see BYU bring in other uh, Power 5 talent, but here's the thing about this. BYU's brought in guys who have proven production at the levels they have played at at this point in their careers. Why wouldn't you bet on them uh, continuing that progression in BYU's offense or defense, depending on which position they play in? BYU, as I mentioned, has done a very good job with skill development with their high school talent throughout the entire seven seasons so far of Kalani Satake's tenure. I've got no reason to that cannot continue on into the future in the Big 12. The other part about it is BYU is now using the transfer portal to a larger degree to supplement their roster. They understand that there are guys out there. We're talking about Camden Garrett right now. We talked about Keelan Marion earlier on on today's Show, who are guys who have proven now at the, in the case of Garrett at the FCS level and in the case of Marion at the G5 level, they have proven they can play at those levels and excel at those levels. Why can't they come in and compete at the Big 12? Yes, it is a gamble. Yes, you are relying on guys who have played at lower levels of football. But like I said, frontline talent uh, at the FCS and the uh, G5 level in many ways, it's about as good as anything on the P5 level, sans, we're talking the top tier of, let's say, Alabama-type players. There are a lot of guys at the FCS and the and the G5 level, they're frontline guys, first stringers, uh, the starters, if you will, are capable of competing with almost anybody in college football. The problem a lot of the programs face, and BYU's trying to build up right now, is having that quality depth. Maybe a guy who is a G5 starter is probably a Power 5 backup, and that's what BYU's trying to go out there and bolster their roster with. They have done a fairly decent job, I think. Is it 16 or 17 uh, transfers via the transfer portal coming into BYU? And by and large, if you kind of contrast the guys BYU has brought in versus the guys that they have lost so far, they very much are winners in my book in terms of uh, the upgraded talent base they have added via the transfer portal. That doesn't even go to the junior college ranks they have added, high school players, that type of stuff. BYU understands that they have a, a new position when it comes to college football. They are a Power 5 program. Now they have not taken the field as a Power 5 program quite yet, but they are recruiting at that level and they are aspiring to get to the upper echelons of recruiting at that level. Will they ultimately ever become a annual top 25 caliber recruiting program? Only time will tell. I'm not saying that it's out of the question for BYU, but they just need to continue to kind of swing and swipe and do everything they possibly can to bring in as much talent as they can into this program. It's going to be imperative for BYU's chances of competing in the Big 12 to have that depth around them. And that's why I think a guy, if Jay Hill signs off on Camden Garrett coming to BYU, great. Like I said, I think it's more of a kind of stopgap measure for this one year, uh, kind of boltering the position for the one year, and then Garrett moves on alongside a guy like Eddie Heckard. And then at that point, you're looking at Jake Robinson, Maury Bamba, uh, Marcus uh, McKenzie—those are the type of guys you're betting on making the leap and really stepping in and being difference makers for BYU a year from now. But guys like uh, Eddie Heckard and, in this case, Camden Garrett come in having a full understanding of Jay Hill's defense and getting their shot to really prove themselves at the highest levels of football. I think it's a pretty good bet, in all things considered. Like I said, it is a gamble. It is a bet. You're 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 playing the odds here. But hey. Like I said, the coaches, they're the ones that live and die with this. Their livelihoods depend on these guys performing on the football field. And I'll tell you, any coach that's worth their spit will tell you that the best thing that they can do as a football coach is have good players playing for them. They said, "Good, good football players make me look like a good coach." It's not, it's not the other way around in most cases. Good football coaches can have subpar talent, and guess what? Their reputation for that coach is they're a subpar coach. So, just trust that BYU's coaching staff—they know what they're doing, and they—they—they're—they're—they're they're, they're laying their money where their mouth is. They—they they understand that hey, we're gambling on this guy. We're gambling on some of these guys coming in, but BYU thinks that they're capable of being talented players. I, for one, I would ride with him, and hopefully uh, the the odds will play out in their favor. The whole, what's the Hunger Games thing? May the odds ever be in your favor. Is that the right phrase? I don't remember what it was exactly, but fun movie all the same. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk about two guys who left BYU and have landed at new programs in state. One basketball, one football, we'll talk about that, and any other notes that I missed from the past week that I can think of off the top of my head as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, of course, a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. They've been working with us for a long time now. Whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. The best part is they've got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, Utah counties if you want to live along the Wasatch Front. Or if you're like me and who wants to maybe consider moving down south to southern Utah to get away from the snow in the winter, well, guess what? They've got multiple communities in Washington. Washington County, near St. George, available to you now as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes. They offer a quick move in homes if you're looking to make the move right away as well. And they're offering generous financing incentives for their preferred lender if you want to get started today with Perry Homes. Once again, visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, if I can get that word out of my mouth. But a big thank you to all of you. Uh, Thank you for bearing with me while I was on vacation. Uh, Great times hanging out with my family uh, down there in St. George. good to get away. It is, but the thing is about this, I promise you guys, we will continue to be here for you guys daily, so it requires some extra work on the front end, but nonetheless, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast I had stacked up uh, as I was out and about uh, with my family, but thank you uh, once again for your support of the podcast as always. All right, final notes on today's show include uh, congratulations, I guess, or in order, if you want to say it that way. Uh, Two former BYU Cougars are now elsewhere in the state of Utah. First off, we'll start off with the football side of things. Logan Peely, the former BYU linebacker, he has transferred to Utah State. Now, I will admittedly, this one surprises me a little bit. I thought Logan might might have been an option to transfer with his brother Keenan to Tennessee or maybe look at another program, Uh, but he decided he wanted to stick in state, so he will go up to Utah State. And I think right now, with how much turnover the Utah State defense has, we talked about how much BYU added via the transfer portal, and some of them were from Utah State, A.J. Vong, Pachana among them. If I'm not mistaken, Utah State lost 10 of their 11 starters last season either to graduation or the transfer portal. Logan Peely has an opportunity to go into Utah State and compete for playing time right away. So best of luck to him as he lands with the Aggies. Uh, Hopefully he finds what he's looking for. On the basketball side of things, uh, happy trails. We barely knew you to Jake Wallen who has transferred uh, to the University of Utah. I guess not necessarily transferred, but he signed with the University of Utah just days after returning home from his mission. Uh, the University of Utah men's basketball program, tweeting this out. He did the same thing on his social media. Former Timview product, a three-star prospect. I was actually excited to see him BYU's uh program had he decided to stick with BYU but uh, ultimately he decided he wanted to look elsewhere. Uh, Utah is listing him at six foot ten. He was listed like 6'7 or 6'8 during his time at Timpview. Uh, very much a swing man who's got the ability to play inside out but uh, we'll see how he develops at Utah but ultimately Wallen decided he wanted to look elsewhere. It does open up a scholarship BYU had earmarked for Wallen uh, coming in off of his mission and BYU obviously is still looking in the transfer portal on the men's basketball side of things to find another player to take that roster slot. We'll see what, who they ultimately decide to use on or if they decide to kind of pocket it and hold on to it uh, for maybe down the road or something like that. But it does open up opportunities for Mark Pope to continue to bolster the roster. Now, what, Let me add one thing about this. Uh, Wallen is a guy that many BYU fans that saw it on social media were freaking out. Well, if he's leaving the BYU football program he decided to go to Utah, what's stopping Colin Chandler from making the same move? What I understand about Colin Chandler is his situation is completely separate from Jake Wallen. Yes, I understand that they were close. They were Guys who played AAU ball together, and apparently they were confidants of one another despite being different years in high school. But what I understand about Colin Chandler is he picked BYU for a myriad of reasons, and everything that I hear about him continuing, like I said, as recently as, uh, let's see, I'm recording this Monday night, so as recently as early as earlier this afternoon, everything I understand is Colin Chandler, based on what everybody knows right now, he is still firmly locked in with BYU. Could that change? Absolutely. I think it changed for Jake Wallen at some point on his mission. I think that the conversations that he, he was having, maybe looking at the BYU basketball program, he said, maybe I want to look elsewhere. And ultimately it sounded that Utah was the place for him. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe it was a big miss on BYU's chance to lose, a, on BYU's a part, to lose out on Jake Wallen. Maybe he becomes an all-conference player uh, playing there in the Pac-12. But only time will tell. BYU, everything I understand is they are still very, very confident that Colin Chandler is going to be a BYU Cougar. The Big 12 selling point for Colin Chandler was a huge one. BYU is going to be playing the best basketball conference in the entire country, and Colin Chandler is going to get a chance to go up against the Kansases, the Texas Techs, uh, the, who else, Baylor. He gets to play against the best of the best in college basketball. It was a huge huge selling point when he was coming out of high school the other thing about this is I think Jake Wallen is a solid program guy for for a program like Utah or BYU where he comes in and he's a very nice piece to have on your roster I'm not saying he's not but the one thing I know about Colin Chandler and what I saw from him at in the high school level is he is a game changer that is the thing about this they're separate players Wallen like I said good player Colin Chandler Next level, elite-type talent. He is a phenomenal basketball player. He is the type of guy that I think could really transform BYU's fortunes in the Big 12 in basketball. And I don't say that about a lot of guys, and a lot of times guards have a hard time doing that, but Colin Chandler, the one thing about this, every time it seemed like the, the talent level at the high school level maybe was a step up too much for him, he proved time and time again that he was more than capable of stepping up alongside that talent, and I cannot wait to see him in a BYU uniform. Like I said, there there's still a ways to go before he ultimately enrolls at BYU. He's still got a year on his mission, if I'm not mistaken. But from what I understand, the Jake Wallen situation and the situation with Colin Chandler, they are two very, very separate things. So take that for what it's worth. If you want to talk about it at the water cooler, say that Jake Hatch says this. I'm happy to be your guys' confidant and give you the information I know. But what I understand is two very separate things. They are not tight at the hip, as some might have you believe. On social media. All right, so there you go. Uh, You are up to speed on everything going on in BYU Sports. Oh, we probably should have done a a, a game and recap, like a look back at the 155 games in BYU football history, but I was just so excited to sit down and record that I forgot to even look that up. So, you know what? We'll double up tomorrow. We'll catch up on that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast as well as, as, like I said, a look at the all Big 12 teams per Athlon Sports. They are projecting ahead. First, second, third, and fourth teams. Where do BYU athletes going into their first year in the Big 12 Conference land on those lists? Yes, they did land athletes on the list. We'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On uh, Cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Until tomorrow my friends, have a great rest of your day It's good to be back, and we'll talk to you guys on a Wednesday. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.